Good morning, everyone. It's good to have you with us this morning on this Trinity Sunday as we celebrate God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit this morning. As we celebrate, we worship one God who has revealed himself in three persons. As we reveal himself in three persons. I want to thank you for um, choosing to be with us this morning. This will be the last time um, that we meet this way. Next Sunday, we'll be having our in-person worship services. Um, so I know everybody's excited about that. Um, just as a reminder, we still are in the midst of a global pandemic. So um, please be aware when you come to church next week, we will be social distancing and going over some of our guidelines to make you safe um, for worship. We will have Bible study this coming Wednesday at 6, and we'll be finish, finish, finishing up Revelation chapter 9 and moving into Revelation chapter 10. Also, we'll be meeting at 7 o'clock on the Ministry Council along with the trustees um, to work on the guidelines for our church. We will continue Bible study through the month of June, and we'll be doing it streaming. Uh, we'll go through the, um, the last Wednesday of June, and let me get that date for you. That will be the um, 24th, and we'll be doing that streaming. That will take us through um, Revelation chapter 12, um, if all goes well. Um, so we'll do 10, 11, and then 12, and then we'll take a break um, for the summer. And then we'll come back in September and continue um, with the remainder of Revelation. Do y'all know any uh, any other announcements, Kevin, Steve? Well, let us begin our worship this morning as we join together in confessing and affirming our faith through the Apostles' Creed, which is found on page 881 in your hymnal, and I invite you to join with me. The words will come up for you on your screen this morning. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Now let's join together in singing the Glory Pottery, number 70, in our hymnal. The words will come up for you on your screen.
I apologize. I'm having a little bit of diff- technical difficulty here. It's all right. One second. We'll get going here. You know how they always say, please stand by. Well, I can't seem to get it going. I apologize here. Uh, yeah. So just just go ahead and skip to the next, John. We can go. Okay, we'll go to this. We'll go and sing our first hymn this morning, 361 in our hymnal. It's Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me. We're going to be singing verses 1, 2, and 4 of hymn number 367. turn to God in prayer this morning and invite you to pause and bow your head and close your eyes and as we come before the throne of grace this morning prayer let us pray together Almighty God, we come before you this morning through the power of prayer. As we come to stand before your throne of grace on this Trinity Sunday, as we celebrate God three in one, we might not understand the Trinity. But Scripture reveals the Trinity to us. 
worship one God who has revealed himself to us in three distinct persons, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, co-equal and fully God. We come today to worship you and your power and your majesty. During this Pentecost season, be with us and be with our church. Be with our conference during this time of reopening. Keep us all safe as we follow the guidelines. These are recommendations, but help us to realize that there's still a pandemic that is among us. And that pandemic affects different people. It may give one person a cold. It may put someone else in the hospital on a ventilator. and may take their life. As we return, Lord, help us to, remind, to, help us to be sensitive and, and be reminded that there are other opinions other than ours. And help us... To be sensitive to those who are quiet. Sometimes the loud voices and the boisterous ones are not always right. Sometimes we get loud and we let our own voice be heard and we don't allow other people's voices to be heard. We listen to our own voice and we don't listen to the voices around us that might have differing opinions and then we do. And when we do that, we devalue people. We discriminate and we harm. When we come back to church, Lord, we pray that we can be sensitive to realize that people are at different phases. Some will want to come back. Some are ready to get back, and some are not ready. So we should, we should not pressure other people because we think they should be in the, in the doors of the church with us. We should be sensitive to their needs and tell them we love them. And when they feel comfortable in their own time, we'll be here ready for their return. We thank you, God, that you do have a plan for us, even in the midst of a pandemic, and that you will lead us where we need to be not in our timing, but in your timing. Not in our will, but in your will. Help us to hear your voice, Lord, amidst all the things that are going on around us. And help us to quiet our own voice and our own thoughts and our own feelings and our own frustrations so that we can lead like Jesus. Jesus never shouted. 
Jesus never pressured. Jesus loved. So we pray that when we come back together, Lord, when we have all these church meetings, that it's not a knockdown, drag out fight because we want our opinion to be heard. We pray that love will prevail. That we won't allow Satan to come in and use one of us as his disciples to cause disruption in the church. That you help us to be godly and holy people of God. That not only do our actions back up our faith, but what comes out of our mouth does as well. We pray this morning, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way throughout our service on this Trinity Sunday. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Johnny and Brenda Townsend this morning. Be with Johnny, Lord, and draw near to him. Be with all the other prayer requests that were lifted up this morning as well. You know these you know the persons and their situations and you know how to minister to each need. And we give you praise. That you're a good God. That you care about your people. Bless us as you draw closer to you. And lead us now as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of his children, all God's children, to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we have our children's time this morning. And Kevin is going to bring our children's time today. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. Hey, Kevin? Yeah, hey, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Barring any uh, technology opportunities here, uh, my, my, my music player just decided to quit working on me this morning for some reason, so I apologize about that, but we'll get that worked through, so no big deal. But i tell you one place I didn't have to worry about technology, and that was back over in Genesis 1-1, boys and girls. So if you're not sure where Genesis 1-1 is, turn your Bible face up and open, and there you go, and you're pretty much at Genesis Genesis 1-1. So, uh, so as we talk about Genesis 1-1 today, um, it, well, let's, let's think about the globe of the earth. So if you were to look at a globe, and some of you may have a globe in your home, uh, look and see if you can find where we live on that globe. Okay? So, uh, so if you found it, great. If not, no big deal. Let, get your mom and dad to help you. They'll show you where, where we live at on the globe. So on most schoolroom or, or common globe that, that stand up and are on a hanger, it kind of spins. So if you hit that, hit that globe, it just kind of spins and spins. And the earth keeps spinning around, uh, as it ha- and it keeps spinning around just like it has ever since it's been created. So the very first words in the Bible tell us that in the beginning, God created 
the heavens, and the earth. Then the Bible goes on to, to, to continue to tell us about the, about the creation. So the first thing God created was light. And the Bible, tells it, the Bible tells us that God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, kids, I'm going to need a little bit of help from you. So every time you hear me say, and God said, I need you to say, it was good. And I need you to say it really loud because I want to hear you sitting here at this church today. So, so when I say, and God said, you say, it was good. So let's try it. So, and God said... And I heard you. Perfect. It was good. So, uh, so when God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God said, it was good. Then God said there needs to be space to separate the waters and the heavens from the earth. So God made a space to separate the earth and the heavens. He called it the sky. And God said, it was good. So next, God brought out all the waters from the earth together to make the oceans and the seas and to create dry land between them. Then he covered dry land with flowers, trees, and grass, and God said it was good. John and Steve, y'all can help too if you want. <laughs> um, so God paused, looked at the beautiful trees and, and flowers, and said it was good. Then he continued his creation. He created the sun, moons, and stars. The sun, moon, and stars, I'm sorry. They were beautiful. God looked at them, and again God said it was good. Then God created the birds and the fish. He blessed them and told them to multiply so the sea would be filled with fish and with all shapes and sizes, and the air would be filled with beautiful birds. God looked at them and smiled and said, It was good. Finally, God made the animals, tall, skinny giraffes and furry little squirrels. He made cuddly little kittens and big, ferocious lions, uh, our dogs and our cats and animals and every kind. Then God made man and woman. The Bible says he made people to be like him, and he put them in charge of all that he created, the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, and every living creature. And God said it was good. When God finished, he looked at all that he created, and he said it was very good. So, kids, if you will, say with me one last time, it was very good. So, so remember that as you go forth in your day, that God is, is the creator of everything around us, and he put us in charge to take care of everything that he created. So let us pray. God, we thank you that you alone are the creator. You are powerful and so creative, and thank you for making us in your image and making all things very good. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, and just a little disclaimer, real quick. Uh, this uh, this message that I came, that I gave you came from uh, comes from the uh, sermonforkids.com. It's a very cool website. If anybody wants uh, if anybody wants uh, any kind of uh, cool information for your kids, it's it's a really good website to go visit. And while I'm on that, John, if I can, real quick. So uh, it's up on our Facebook page, but also for for some for some summertime activity, moms and dads that are listening, and with the kids, Cokesbury, Cokesbury, who we get all of our our um, vacation Bible school information from has is offering free video lessons for 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 uh, Christian based uh, children's activities as we go through our quarantine time. So you might want to check out Cokesbury.com to see what kind of cool information they got up there regarding uh, re regarding their free video series that they've made available to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, boys and girls. Have a good week. Thank you, Kevin. 
Now we're going to go to our next hymn this morning. Hymn number 400, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The words are going to come up for you on your screen, and we're going to sing all three verses of hymn number 400, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come thou fount, come thou fount, can you hear me? Come thou fount of every blessing. Now we come to share God's word together this morning. And I'm reading today, our scripture comes from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Matthew 18, verses 20 through, 21 through 35. And I'm reading from the New King James translation, and it's... um. Copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson Publishers. And I'm reading from Matthew 18, 21 through 35, and this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Jesus says, hear the word of the Lord. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often sh shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began to settle accounts when it was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But he was not able to pay. His master com commanded that he be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had, and, and that payment be made. Servant therefore fell before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. 
The servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who turned him a hundred, who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me what you owe." So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him, saying, "Have patience with me, and I will pay you all." And he would not. But he went out and threw him threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that he, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Then the master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that w- was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if you each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we come before you today, we thank you for grace and its power. We thank you it's a free gift. It's given to us freely from the cross. That we can't earn it, can't buy it, can't barter for it, can't trade to get it. Grace is easy to receive, but it's hard to give away. Lord, you didn't intend for us to just get grace, but you intended for us to give it to others. And it's hard to give it away to people that we don't like. It's hard to give away to people that we're prejudiced and biased toward. But your command is clear. In your word, you teach us that we are to give grace to those that we share this planet with, whether we like them or not whether they look like us or not, whether they have white skin or black skin or Asian skin. We're all in this world together, and we should share the greatest gift that you've given to us, grace with each other. We pray, Lord, that your word will come to pass in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that once the word proceeds out of your mouth, it does not return void. But we pray that it would grow into a mighty harvest in each of our lives. Help us to be people of grace. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of our message this morning is Grace, a gift that is best when given away. Grace is a powerful word. Think about it for a minute. Reflect on it. Say it in your mind. Say it aloud. Grace is a word that does our heart good. It makes our heart filled with joy to know that it's at work in our lives. Grace can bring a smile on our face. Because we're accepted for who we are. Sinners that needed divine grace. Grace means unmerited divine assistance. It's kind of like 
An example is looking at a turtle on a pole. You know a turtle didn't climb on that pole itself. Turtle is a land animal. Turtles can be fast. The preconceived notion that turtles are slow is wrong. A turtle can move when it wants to move. You ever see one trying to cross a road? But when you see a turtle sitting on a, on a pole, on a post, you know it didn't get there by itself. Somebody put it there. Today, God reaches out to us with divine grace to pull us out of the muck and mire of sinful lives, to put us in his presence. We're like that turtle sitting on the pole. We can try to get there, to climb that pole, but it does us no good. We're, ta we're taken from this life and we're placed there because grace is unearned, undeserved, and unmerited favor. Grace means pardon and mercy. It means dip disposition to or an act of instance of kindness, courtesy, or clemency, a temporary exemption, a reprieve. We love to get grace. We love to sing about it. We love to receive it. But it's hard to share. It's easy to talk about grace, but grace is hard to give away. I'll say that again. Grace is easy to receive, but it's hard to give away. See, godly, the godly biblical grace is a two-edged sword. See, we give, get grace from God unconditionally. He gives it to us unconditionally, and we can say amen, preach it in the pews while we sit in church. We can say yes to God, yes to Jesus, yes to Holy Spirit. I'll take the grace, I'll receive it, I'm glad to have it. We can't earn it, we can't buy it, we can't trade for it. It's just free. Although we're undeserving of it and we're unworthy of it, it's just a free gift that we receive by faith. It's a gift that God gives us, and God gives it to us freely with no restrictions. He, didn't, he doesn't say, do this or I'll do that. He doesn't say, keep this commandment. But he gives it to us freely. In fact, John Wesley taught that grace was provenient. means grace was already there while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. So grace has already been there for us before we even knew we needed it. It was already prevalent, prevenient, ready to be accessed. And as God gives us grace, grace has a dual meaning. Most people forget that. Like I said, it's easy to get grace, it's easy to receive it, but it's hard to do what? Give it away. But grace has a dual interpretation, a dual meaning. As God gives us grace freely, with no strings attached, God expects us to give grace to each other. Wow, what a shocking truth, preacher. I didn't know that. Read the Bible. This is where we miss the definition of what grace is. See, God didn't create grace for us just to have all to ourselves and to keep it all in our church, in the four walls, where we worship, 
But no, grace God gave us to give it to others. Many Christians are good at getting grace and receiving grace, but they're not so good at giving it to others. This is where we fail. It's easy to love God, but do we love God's people? Do we love people around us? It's easy to love people that look like us and share in our worship style and share in our opinions. But do we love people that don't look like us and don't share in our opinions? See, it's easy to receive from God the good Lord grace, but it's sometimes difficult to give grace away to our neighbor. It's hard to practice love in this life sometimes, especially for people that are difficult that don't look like us. Sometimes grace is just plain hard to give away, especially if we don't like somebody or we're mad at them or we're prejudiced against them or they don't look like us. It's hard to give, give God's grace to them. See, God didn't save us to give us grace just to keep it all to ourselves. That's not how it works, folks. And when we do that, that makes a mockery of the blood of Jesus. It cheapens grace. It makes a mockery of the cross and diminishes the cross's power to save us. See, folks, we got to understand, when Jesus was on the cross, he shed his blood for everybody, not just me. Not just you, but everybody. Everybody that you see in this life, that you're out shopping in Walmart, that you're downtown Lawrence, that you ride on the street with, that they're marching in the square. He died for them as well. You're important to him, and so are they. Whether they receive him or not, Jesus. See, that's the whole paradox of grace. We can put God in the box sometimes, and we and we, we can we can we can make God surrender to our own beliefs and our own personal dogma and our own rules. But God doesn't abide by our rules. That's the paradox of grace. See, Jesus' blood was shed for everybody, those that believe and those that don't believe. Wow, isn't that interesting? See, Jesus didn't just go to the cross just to give us grace, but he wants and expects his people, his church, his bride, to share his grace with everybody else. A lot of times we get clogged up with prejudice, and we're like that sink in our kitchen that gets clogged up because of hair and dirt and grime and everyday use. And what happens is that sink gets clogged and it allows some water to flow through. Sometimes we get so clogged up with hatred and bias and opinion and belief and the way we see Scripture that it separates us from people. And we say we're going to believe in that. I've seen division happen in church over Scripture. That's not the way God wants it, folks. And we get so clogged up in our hearts with prejudice and hatred that God can come through in our lives. He can come through a little bit, but I don't want God to come through a little bit. I want God to come through a lot. Amen? 
So we need we need to set aside these things in our lives, and we need to get right with. We need to confess our sins of prejudice and hatred and bias to Jesus, so that we can begin to open up and allow God's grace to come into us, so we can give it to other people. Jesus died for us all, the whole world. Let that sink in for a minute. Jesus died for us all, not just the Methodists. Hate to bust your bubble this morning. Not just the Baptist, but he died for us all. Do you know that the cross is colorblind and the blood of Jesus knows no nationality? Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in his sight. Jesus' blood covers a multitude of sinners. Jesus died for a black man as well as a white man. He died for us all, not just a select group. And it's sad that even in the walls of the church, we have allowed prejudice to creep in and run down the aisles of our church. Can we worship together and be the whole house of God the way God can made us to be? Celebrating our diversities and our uniqueness the way God made us. And when we and when we allow these prejudices, we're making a mockery of the cross and the blood of Jesus, and we need to repent of our sins. Jesus said, "Judge not, for you shall be judged by the same standards that you apply." You ever read that in Scripture? Judge not, lest you shall be judged by the same standards you apply. Danger, danger. Every Sunday when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, a lot of times we just pray the, 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 um, the, the Lord's Prayer as a blind mantra. We just pray it over and over. We prayed it so long that the words no longer have meaning to us. And we don't pay attention to what we're praying, what we're saying. You see, this is grace acting as a dual-edged sword. Grace can be a good thing in our lives, and we need to respect its holiness and its power, but we don't need to cheapen grace when we allow our own petty differences to cause division and strife in the church. See, grace can bring us acceptance and peace with God, but if, we can, if we're not careful, grace can become con conditional for us. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we can bring a curse upon us if we do not give grace to one another. Watch this. We are asking God, listen to the prayer that we pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we... Forgive those who trespass against us. I'll say it one more time. Father, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So hear that double-edged meaning in it? What that says is that we're asking God to forgive us and show us grace in how we treat one another. So if we make other people jump through hoops to earn through if we have conditions on how we treat people then those conditions God is going to apply to us 
the expectations of God is to share our share his grace with one another. As God gives us grace freely from the cross, there are no restrictions on grace. As God gives us freely grace, we are in turn to do what? Give grace to each other with no strings attached. Devoid of our own opinions, biased, and prejudiced. And if we don't, then God will judge us accordingly. That's what Jesus says. Now, folks, you can argue with me, but you need to take that up with Jesus. That's what he says. That comes right out of his mouth. It's in this parable that I just read, the last verse. Let me read it to you again. If I can find it. So my, verse 35 so my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Jesus said that we would be judged on God by God on the basis of the standards of our own judgment. So if we judge a person based on their race or nationality, God will then, then judge us accordingly by the same standards that we apply. See, grace can be a double whammy if we don't at least try to give it away. Try to share it. See, Jesus offered grace to those accused him. Isn't that amazing? Those people that hung him on the cross, those people that a week before said, you're the king, you're the man, you're our savior. The week after that, they were what? Crucify him. He's no king. He's a loser. Put him on the cross. And what did Jesus say? He said, Father, forgive them for no, they know not what they do. See, Jesus chose to practice grace. See, Jesus dealt with the prejudice of his day. See, the Jews were, read the Bible, the Jews were very prejudiced folks. <laughs> They were biased. They didn't like the Samaritans, and they didn't like the Gentiles. If the Samaritan came to town, they would do what? Walk on the other side of the road. Pass them by. And they didn't like Gentiles either. The hero of the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan is what? A Samaritan, not a Jew. The Jews held the Samaritans in contempt. Didn't like them. You're a loser. You're an outcast. So the example of the hero in the story that Jesus told in the parable was not the priest or the Levi. They passed the man on the other side of the road that was injured. He was an injured Jew. A man of, of their own nationality. But they would abandon him because of their own religious bias. Oh, we don't have religious bias in the church? Jesus said... The least of these are my brethren. I've always wondered what that meant. Jesus said, to the least of these are my brethren, you've done it unto me. What's Jesus referring to? He's referring to what? Grace. Give it to one another. He's teaching us about offering grace. When we offer grace to our brothers and sisters, we're doing what? Doing it unto him. And when we withhold it from the least of these, we are withholding it from him. 
let us look at our parable, the parable, the unforgiving servant, and let us speak to, let let us allow it to speak to our lives this morning. It's found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35. Jesus tells a parable of the king that owns a servant that owned a lot of money to his master. In fact, he was going, his whole family was going to be sold off, auctioned off, because of the huge debt load that he paid. He could even be put into prison. There was a debtor's prison back then. Had to serve your time for your debt that you couldn't pay. The servant begged for his master's forgiveness, and the master chose to forgive him of all his debt. It was wiped away just like that. The next day, the man is free, and he goes out, and he roughs up a man that owes him money. He demands that money to be paid right now. I want my money. (laughs) He owed him less money than he owed his master. And because the man couldn't pay, the servant had him thrown into prison. Well, the other servants found out about it, so they went and told the king what happened. So the king sent for the servant, and and the servant stands before him, And the servant, the king, reneges the debt because of the servant's actions toward his brother. The word of God says this is the king's response. Should you also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? So the parable ends this way, and I just read it. I'm going to read it again. This is from the words of Jesus, not me, but Jesus. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his own heart if you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. In the parable, God is the master. The servant represents us who owns a great sin debt to God. The sin debt had to be paid. See, the Bible says that Jesus offered his life as a ransom for many. See, sin is costly. It has to be paid for. It has to be atoned for. It cost Jesus all of his precious blood as a sacrifice for the remission for our sin. Remission means that it's one and done. It does not come back on us. It's completely covered, atoned for, and paid in full, that there's no remainder. The debtors don't call us. The debtors don't show up on our door demanding to be paid. There's no hidden fees or no taxes that need to be paid. It's completely paid in full. See, God has, through his grace, released us from all of our sin debt. God has written paid in full over our bill, and we owe nothing. The Pharaoh's servant represents our brothers and sisters that we share in this journey of life. They can be a believer or unbeliever. They can be saved or not saved. They can go to church or not go to church. The moral of this parable is that God forgives, as God forgives us a great sin debt, shouldn't we offer that grace to each other and give that grace away to our fellow servants that Jesus taught us to do. If we owed God a greater debt of sin and God through Jesus chose to forgive us and offer grace to us, God 
gives us unmerited favor, shouldn't we share that with our fellow man? Shouldn't we offer it, offer it to God, to others as God offers it to us? It's time for God's people to join hands together and be brothers and sisters in the Lord and let Jesus' love be our guide. Jesus said that the world would know us as his disciples by the love that we have toward one another. And folks, I don't know about you, but we need love in the church more now than ever. We need to look past our petty differences and our opinions and the color of our skin and be who God has called us to be in the world. Now, you may like that or not, but I believe that's biblical Christianity. Jesus died for everybody, and we need to start living the kind of life that God has called us to be, or we make a mockery of his blood, and we need to be ashamed of ourselves, that we call ourselves a Christian, and we cannot back that up because we cannot reach across the aisle in church to somebody that's different than we are, and we should be ashamed. And when we do that, it stops the flow of God coming into our lives. And what happens is the Bible says that Jesus said that, we, that we're turned over to the torturers until we pay the debt in full. We see that's what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'll close with this. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church who had polluted the body of Christ even at communion. They're not exercising the care of their members because they're not offering grace. And Paul says that because many of you are weak and sick among you and many of you sleep before your time because they're bringing judgment into the house of God because they're not offering grace and they're polluting the body of Jesus at communion. They were allowing rival factions to cause division in the house of God, and God is bringing judgment in the house of God. And, and, G, and Paul is saying, you need to get right with God and share grace with one another. Let us, as God's people, share grace with each other on this day, on this Trinity Sunday. Grace is the gift that is best when we give it away. Let's share that God grace with each other because in Christ there is neither slave nor free, Jew or Gentile, but one brand new person in the people of God. And I want to close with this. I'll try to close with this. This is, this is a song that I think that our world needs more now than ever. It's from a children's television program. Maybe you know it. And if you know it, sing it along with me because I'm not going to do it justice. But I thought as I prepared this message, I thought about this children's song that teaches us the simple truth about the world and the neighborhood that we live in together. 
and I'm going to try to sing it. So don't turn off your knob, your TV, or tune down the radio. So here we go. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn this morning in number 398, Jesus Calls. Let's join in singing verses 1, 3, and 5 of hymn number 398, Jesus Calls Us. Appreciate you joining and being with us this morning. I want to thank you for, for uh, our faithful streaming virtual congregation, all of you that have tuned in every Sunday and every Wednesday night. We, we, we hear you, and we appreciate you, and we love you, and we thank you so, so much for your support and tuning in. And we will be continuing uh, our streaming services. Um, so those persons that... Um, are not comfortable joining with joining with us we're, we'll be waiting for you when you do feel comfortable but we will con continue to stream and reach out to you um in, in that way um and if you have any questions about streaming please call kevin <laughs> i can't help you in that area but kevin he knows it all and i'll thank steve so much for doing our sunday school our virtual sunday school and appreciate you being with us. And now will you bow for the benediction. May the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the power, anointing, and fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide in each of you both now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>